Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Candace Campos, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. Hello. Disney Springs is a destination for tourists and Floridians alike, and the food there is a big part of the draw, of course. Disney curates some of the best food vendors from all across the country. One of their latest additions is a staple of the Pacific Northwest. Thomas and I know it very well. Today, we are so happy to be joined by Tyler Malik, the mind behind Salt and Straw. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us from the Pacific Northwest. Oh my God, this is so fun. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's what we call what the upper left size, what the yeah. Pacific Northwest calls it. <laughs> as far from Florida as it gets, I think mm -hmm. is what we call it. Yeah, yes. pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Having made that drive, I can attest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just start off with the first question. Um, salt and straw, somebody might not understand what that is. So for somebody yeah. who's never heard of salt and straw, what is it all about? Yeah, so my cousin and I started this company 12 years ago here in Portland, just as a food cart. Um, and we had this dream of creating a space where people get together, they have, um, they get to meet their friends and neighbors, learn about the food around them. And we curated that way of kind of providing a service or providing an experience for people um, where they get to learn about the food around them, their city. Um, so we have fun with that. And we really take that to the next level with the way we present flavors. We change our menu every month. And every time you come into Salt and Straw, it's a new experience. We're telling stories that are just super profound and fascinating. So this month, for example, we've got a whole menu based around picnics. And we've got five ice creams that are just um, kind of a five course meal of picnics where we want you to kind of get all the five pints and bring them out with gingham out to the park and hang out with your friends and family and pass the pints and joke about them and um, taste around. And it leads to really, really unique flavors because uh, which we have fun making at Salt and Straw. You know, one example is for the savory dish for our picnic menu, um, we're doing fried chicken ice cream, yes. which in context totally makes sense. Um, if it's taken out of context, it's a little funky. Um, so that's where it's all about the, the experience and how do you kind of build this context for customers and for guests that um, completely changes their perspective on food, you know? And why ice cream? I mean, Fort Portland has like a ton of food carts serving all kinds of different things, dumplings and burgers and everything you can imagine. Why ice cream of all things to, to convey this message? <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I fell in love with ice cream. Um, really on accident, I think, you know, it was one of those things that we realized really quickly that an ice cream shop is this really cool community gathering place where um, it's, you know, you can come as you are, uh, regardless of, you know, how you look, what your political viewpoints are, what, you know, like what you've, what your food preferences are. There's always something to be, feel welcomed at an ice cream shop. And that was a really, really cool superpower that we were able to bring, lead into. And it allows us to create a platform where we can taste flavors with customers that maybe provoke really interesting conversations. So a really great example is like two years ago, we worked with nonprofits up and down the West Coast to talk about food waste. Um, and we had flavors that were made with foods that were about to get thrown away, like three-day-old bread or, you know, like grains from a brewery you know that we're going to get tossed all these things we were able to play with fun interesting ingredients that um cause people to kind of stop and ask how did you do that why did you do that and it provokes this conversation in a really safe space around really really interesting and delicious flavor 
And I mean, delicious flavors to the point that I know when I was in Portland and the Pacific Northwest, people were waiting in line for for this and waiting for yeah. a long time. And it's it was a movement, I feel like. So that way, when I moved from Eugene, Oregon, after doing one of my jobs here for a job here in Orlando, I remember thinking to myself, you know what would work really well in Florida? Salt and straw, because <laughs> because again, like what you're saying, you must have, heard you. You must have, you must have, and all my emails. I was no, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's one of those those things that you say you want people to come together, and what better way to come together than at you know Disney Springs, where people are truly coming not only for a trip, but coming out for dinner mm -hmm. and coming out for desserts. What is right. it about Disney Springs that really you know you guys gravitated to here in Florida? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to start working with Disney about four years ago in Anaheim. Um, and it was fascinating. I, I remember, you know, we only had a few shops, um, one or two in Los Angeles, and they invited us in and they said, um, listen, you're the smallest company that we're talking to and you really don't have much of a shot. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is a big deal. <laughs> and really, and we, we ended up tasting ice creams with their executives and it took, you know, what they thought was going to be half hour took two hours and they were canceling their meetings because they were so interested in the stories that we were telling them about all the local ingredients and um, the interesting flavors. And um, and uh, and it was it's just incredible. And as soon as we opened in Disneyland, you know, we got the business. And as soon as we opened in Disneyland, we realized that we were providing an extension of the Disney experience in many ways. You know, this idea of taking a journey through flavor, through foods um, in the form of ice cream that is so just comforting, um, that became a really cool kind of platform for us. Uh, and obviously then the, the being able to open in Orlando and um, at Disney Springs was like the next kind of frontier, knowing that if we can do so well in Anaheim and we're kind of becoming the space for people to, you know, a, another ride at mm -hmm. the Disney experience, how can we continue to do that um, across the country? And so it, it led us to Orlando. We also already had two open in Miami, which mm -hmm. we love Miami so much for the food industry that that's kind of blowing up over there. Um, so that that was kind of an easy reason to be like, oh, let's, let's get up there. Yeah. Do you feel like you also have a different vibe a different flavor a different like look of stuff when you talk about you know going to the east coast especially here in florida oh a hundred percent yeah that was what's that was probably the craziest thing i remember actually you'll love this because there's a coffee maker in in miami that i was kind of friends with because he had been making coffee you know in early 2010s at stumptown coffee which is our kind of famous coffee maker in mm -hmm. in portland and he moved to Miami and started making coffee. And he told me all about his philosophy of making coffee. And the biggest thing that I remember, um, the lesson he learned was that he was trying to, you know, like he thought that he could just bring Portland, that style of like blonde roast and, you know, single origins and just like copy and paste it in Miami. And he quickly learned that he was failing because there is a heritage around, you know, especially kind of that more Cubano style coffees, like darker, richer, chocolatier, um, a little bit of tobacco flavor, you know, pulling a little bit of tobacco flavor out of your coffee beans. Um, and I love that story so much. It really went, it hit me in my heart, you know, because 
I have a lot of pride in the Pacific Northwest. We're doing really cool things with locally grown olives. Um, and, yeah. you know, we work with a wasabi, like real wasabi, the only place outside of Japan that really wasabi is grown is in Oregon. You know, so there are all these little fun stories that we intersperse. And we realize we have to find those fun stories also in Florida. And we have to infuse those into our flavors. So finding farmers that are doing guava yes. in really cool ways. Yeah. Um, working with local coffee roasters, like really kind of figuring out how do we take our kind of our foundation, our philosophy of using flavor and making flavor and actually like allow the state, of, um, you know, that region um, to uh, inform us and guide us. You know, as we've been talking, you keep saying like, oh, I have a friend. He's a coffee roaster. I have a friend who runs a salty donut. Isn't <laughs> yeah, right, that you guys have made a point of making like, so many connections with, you know, locals in Portland, local farmers, local, uh, you know, producers of, of baked goods yeah. and stuff like that. What sort of connections have you guys made in the Orlando area so far? I will say it's really easy to make friends when you make ice cream. Some you ice cream that yeah yeah <laughs> okay we're friends now um i think uh you know my i think for me getting to meet the the team at gideon's was probably oh, the coolest that's um yeah steve in particular like the way he thinks about curating exp an experience um he is like I think he is he's forging this new future in food where I think art and food and media are all kind of merging into one. Mm -hmm. And um, and you experience that as soon as you go into Gideon's, right? Like as mm -hmm. soon as you walk in there, you feel like you're in a different world and just like whatever you taste is gonna be insanely unique. Um, regardless, like if you know, his cookies are really good. But I'm thinking some it crumbles you know, inside of your ice cream, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. So um, you can kind of see where like you, we, we get this like minded and, you know, maybe it takes a few years, but I might, you know, maybe one day we get to work together somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was I was down at, at Disney Springs just a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. uh, some friends were in from out of town. That's typically the reason I'm down in that area. Right. Um, but I will say that like. <laughs> Salt and Straw and Gideon's, those were the two longest lines by, you know, a country mile, just like down down the block. We were just like, oh, that'd be great. But there's, Go a, one away. there's <laughs> a reason for it. Yes, there's a reason absolutely. why you have to be in that line, though. It was easier to wait in line in Portland when the weather was a little more forgiving. That's true. <laughs> I, I think like, yeah, Disney Springs is, it's wild you know i think they've they've especially over the last few years they've made this like concerted effort to lean into becoming a food experience and you can even see how many new restaurants are opening in disney springs it's it's really bonkers and um i think it, it's kind of interesting i think it's gonna be really cool over the next few years to see how many really profound um food brands are going to be opening there and I could see, you know, I think it already is an international destination, but just like for foodies for food. alone, I think it's mm -hmm. going to become this intense, um, really cool destination. I mean, Disney Springs really, it's one of those weird places where there's foot, foot traffic day and night, day and night, Monday yeah. through Friday, throughout the weekend. I mean, holidays, you name it. Yeah. Because Disney Springs, I feel like it, it never stops there. So, I mean, how did you have to revamp your thinking when it came to some place like an Anaheim or, you know, a Disney Springs? I think for us, um, I think what, what was really interesting is like you, 
we realized really early on that um, the mind space that customers are coming in with to a Disney location is very different from if they're walking off the street of like Abbott Kinney or, you know, um, you know, just off of a main street. Um, and the fact is like, if you're at Disney, you have been transported to a different mind wave, like, right. You're like in, in this creative space. And that means that we can't do anything to mess that up. Um, if you have napkins scattered across the table on accident that snaps someone out of it, you know, and you can't do that because this is a very special moment for people and for their families. And this is maybe once in every 10 years that a lot of people get to come. Um, and that, I think that we had to really take that to heart, the respect of, um, of where people are coming in and, um, and you know, how important it is um, for them, um, for our, our customers and really lean into it. Um, and from there, I think what, what we realized is that we, we just need to talk, we need to lean into our product and let our kind of our ice cream shine um, and make sure that people are tasting and having fun and turning this into kind of a, a connoisseur, like a, a sommelier experience, mm-hmm. experience you know, of like, we love the idea of like comparing ice cream tasting to wine tasting, you know, um, and, and that's really resonated with our customers. And you really have been known for your flavors. Let's just get to the nitty gritty here about how you pump up with these flavors. I mean, some of them that we look at, I mean, there's a traditional one that I just love. It's the balsamic vinegar and strawberry, black pepper, deliciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a classic Italian. Yeah. But then you also then have chunks of blue cheese and pear. So... Tyler, how did you just, you know, start throwing things together and making them work? Like, what what's, what was that process like? Yeah. And work as ice cream, especially, you know, because, like, pear and blue cheese, like, on its own, sure, it's sure. great. But as ice cream. Yeah. I just, I, I have, like, um, I have this theory that, like, if you, if you, if you tell the story and if you craft the story, you, you can actually, like, doing all that research and compiling a really, really good story, you can make a flavor kind of work with it. Right. Um, And so it always starts with the partnership and the story that we're trying to tell. Um, And yeah, the first, it was one of the first 10 flavors I ever created at Salt and Straw. Now we've got maybe maybe 1200. Um, First 10 was um, our pear and blue cheese ice cream, which I love. It's still to this day one of our our core flavors. It makes you stop and go, huh? And then you taste it, you go, oh my god! Yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, and sometimes people will slap the table and say, oh my god, that's so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and for that, you know, it was cool because this cheese company um, in Southern Oregon had just uh, so happened to recently won this win this award and this award was they took their um, blue cheese to France one of the first um, American cheese companies to ever submit their cheese to this French uh, cheese competition and they won best blue cheese in the world which as you can imagine pissed a lot of French people off <laughs> <laughs> this little Oregon cheese company they're mad about everything um, yeah seriously. <laughs> No big deal. Uh, and so that was, I, we just, I just fell in love with that story and I wanted to figure out how do we kind of craft a flavor that we could, um, that works with that. And we can like kind of prop up that story and tell customers about it and have fun with it. And, um, 
And so combining with pears, which pears are secretly one of our top exports out of Oregon. We, we make it a lot of, grow a lot of pears out here. Um, I thought that was a really fun combination because you just add that little bit of sweetness that blends with kind of that funky, um, you know, uh, back, all the bacteria, the good bacteria in that blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Bacteria and yes. ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's, it's real so good. good. It combines and almost tastes like bubble gum. That's a funny one, actually, because everyone, small kids will ask for bubble gum ice cream and we tell them to close their eyes and eat that one. And they're like, oh, my God, I love this. <laughs> but some way the blue cheese and the pear like have this like wild flavor affinity. You had mentioned the fried chicken ice cream. Walk me through that. I'm having a hard time picturing it in my head. Are there pieces of like fried chicken in it? That was, uh, you know, I have to say it's probably one of the hardest flavors we've ever created. Um, one of the hardest flavors that actually tasted good. I should, <laughs> I should add a caveat because we've had a lot of good <laughs> flavors that we've given up on. Um, uh, we tried to do an Oregon crab roll ice cream. Okay. Okay. Tyler, you had to go home after that one. I'd be very glad that I didn't serve it to anyone. Um, But the fried chicken ice cream is really good. It's like people are freaking out about it right now because it's so delicious. And and we partnered with this fried chicken company up in Seattle called Zell's Famous Chicken. Mm. Um, And uh, if you haven't been there and you're in the Pacific Northwest, go now. It's so, their fried chicken is like out of this world. Um, and we started using some of their ingredients to figure out how to get this fried chicken ice cream or flavor in ice cream. Um, so from a foodie perspective, it's actually like a really fun recipe. And I think we invented something that like people should, should key in on because this is really neat. We took uh, croissants and we ripped the croissants into little pieces and deep fried it in chicken fat. Hmm. Okay, I'm interested. So we got all of the savory flavor of the fat without the white meat, you know, because mm. um, as it turns out, the more we tried to put chicken meat in ice cream, the worse the testament. <laughs> uh, and so once we kind of dialed that in, that chicken fat kind of fried croissant, and then we doused that in this in um, kind of a more pastry blended spice blend that uh, that they use for their um, fried chicken and folded that into ice cream with a little bit of honey and it was um, mm. yeah now you went from like oh to- <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have put meat in ice cream before i believe or recall a thanksgiving flavor that had oh, yeah, yeah. in it <laughs> i'm not scared to put meat in ice cream don't get me wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and we it took 20, this was the 22nd try for the fried chicken ice cream that finally tasted good. The first 18 had, had um, let's see, we were doing chicken skin. First, we just did fried chicken and ice cream, um, just put it in and then put it in our ice cream machine. And that was really bad. Um, <laughs> that was the worst uh, test. And then we started going down this path of making um, fried chicken skin Snickers bars, which were kind of good, I thought. And then I sent them to our partner at Azelle's and he was like, these are not good. (laughs) (laughs) I think I realized I was like convincing myself, you know. (laughs) These taste good. Um, These taste good. Finally. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. I think it's good. It's good. Um, 
And then I think once we started making, we leaned into that, like real, that bite of crunch, that savory crunch that you get on a really good fried chicken. You know, I had to eat a lot of fried chicken for this. this. You poor yeah. son of a gun. That, that and ice cream. But then he, he gets some of those misses when he makes them into the ice cream and it's not so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we, once we got those little clusters um, of the, you know, kind of homemade chicken and a biscuit type, um croissants uh that that unlocked everything they were mm-hmm. so delicious is there one flavor that you're like i'm just gonna throw this stuff together and just see what you know like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like a 10 year old first day they're yeah. in the kitchen and they're like well i like this and i like this and let's see what happens is there one of those like boom moments for you yeah you know i will say every year we get to work with um we do kind of a competition with kids all around the country we have um fourth graders and below submit flavors to us um, and we, uh, last year, what we did is we worked with Scholastic Books and, um, and some of their authors like R.L. Stein to kick off this, this program um, where kids actually sent in stories. And that was cool because they sent in stories that were just like raw and intense and had like all kinds of like non sequiturs and like, it was just, mm-hmm. it was fun because then we're like, okay, this story is chaos. How do we turn this into an ice cream? Um, and you can even see some of my, you know, the stories behind me, um, from the, throughout the years, uh, it, it becomes this journey of like, how do we kind of get in the head of this kid and, and figure out what they meant by this flavor and what they meant by this word, you know? Um, so that's my favorite. Um, there was one flavor called the bottomless hole of, and it was about a story. It was a story about a bottomless hole that kept on plopping out key limes. Um, uh, key limes christmas lights and a galapagos turtle Mm. (laughs) Um, okay that was a tricky one to figure out how How many turtles did you go through (laughs) (laughs) you know ironically i never tried putting real turtle in that ice cream (laughs) now you're making me second guess myself That's amazing. Well, I mean, I just and you're really the 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 brains behind creating these uh, this ice cream. How many people do you have curating these these flavors? Because it can't be just you because you'd never sleep. Oh, no, I have an army. It's incredible. Um, (laughs) You've done Lucky Charms. You've done so many different things. We have so much fun. Um, I've got a team of about well, in my kitchen, we've got a team of about 100 in our kitchen making ice cream by hand. Um, and you know, everything that we make, all those croissants and deep frying and tossing, it's all done by hand. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty, it's a labor of love for sure. Um, (laughs) and then about five of us are just constantly working on new flavors because we, we think like we can stay ahead and, um, really think about this year in advance that makes a big difference. So it allows us to work with our farmers, um, we need to coach them on planting certain crops for us or work with our partners like a fried chicken company it allows us months and months to work on back and forth tastings um so uh we're working on next year's flavors as we speak mm-hmm. you're not gonna tell us any of them are you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm the worst at grilling anybody's yeah, I... questions, so I'm a pushover. If you say no, I say okay. <laughs> so where? So what next, Tyler? Are you guys thinking about someplace else in Florida? Are you going? You're gonna expand oh. somewhere else? 
Yeah, I mean, we we obviously are just super excited to be opened in Orlando. Um, it'd be fun to keep growing just because that the city is so neat and our team is incredible. It'd be incredible to be able to offer offer more opportunity to grow in that city for our team members. Um, you were talking so, really highly about them before we started recording. I mean, can you tell us how you mm -hmm. feel about, about the, your crew there yeah. at Disney Springs? Yeah, you know, I will say, okay, so we have this metric in our team, on our team, um, this is very insider, so bear with me, uh, but we've decided that um, how many samples a guest, a, a guest tastes uh, a salt straw is a clear indicator of um, the value that they get out of the company, but also their the level of service. Mm -hmm. um, and so on average, you know, most of our guests are maybe sampling two and a half samples across the country per, you know, every time they visit, they try two and a half and then they buy their scoop. And, um, and we're, you know, we're constantly saying, do more, you know, try to sample more because it, you'll get more excitement from a customer. Mm -hmm. And from day one, our team at Disney World or Disney Springs was doing like four and a half samples per customer. Wow. And it was incredible because you can see just how excited customers are on the Yelp reviews everywhere. People are just like, oh my God, I got something out of this shop that was worth way more than uh, you know a few dollars for a cone. Right. And mm -hmm. that is what is really cool. And I think there's something there with, you know, obviously we've we've you know our, we've found some of the best humans in the world to work in this ice cream shop. But there's also this really cool idea of service in, in Orlando that I've fallen in love with. I think, I think it kind of emanates from the training at Disney. Um, and I've seen it at other restaurants where people just want to take care of you and they want to provide you with an experience that you've never had before. Um, so I, I just like, because of that, through that, I fall in love with Orlando. I fall in love with, with all the team members that we get to work with there. Um, it's a cool city. Good job, Orlando. Right, yeah. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, if people want to find more information about you, how can they find you? This is the time to say it all. Yeah, um, so we ship our, our ice cream free shipping across the entire country. Um, so especially when we have new menus drop on the first Friday of every month, check that out at saltandstraw.com. And, um, and we've got 27 shops across the country, three of them in Florida and then the rest um, up and down the West Coast. So if you get to come visit us, um, it's really fun and it's it's it really is an adventure. So you also have a subscription. Yeah, that's for the real foodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like intense. Yeah, sometimes I'll send them special notes like, <laughs> I "Hope you like this one." We try to send them the the new flavors early too, so they can really be in the know. <laughs> Thomas and I just looked at each other like, "I'll go halfies with right. you." <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have it shipped to the newsroom. Yes, we, we can. Be I safe. looked. I looked. We just don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> Someone would eat it. Someone, yeah. yeah. I'll send you pint koozies. <laughs> do you have those? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes, of course we do. Have All you seen our merch? <laughs> the man curates 1,200 ice cream flavors. Of course he has pint koozies. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Tyler, you have any other questions, Thomas? No, no. I, I, well, I think that you should share your story. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Okay. My, so my husband and I, when we moved to or um, from Oregon back to, to Florida, my husband said, the first thing we need to do is we need to drive back up to Portland and we need to go to Salt and Straw. So we had to make a whole weekend out of it to go have 
this ice yep. cream. So we drove two and a half hours, waited in line for this ice cream because this was our last hurrah. Then my husband finds out that Salt and Straw is open in Miami. So guess what? We drive down to Miami for Salt and Straw. And then uh, Dizzy Springs opens. He's so excited. But you know what? There's a disappointment in his eye. There's no blue cheese and pear on the oh. East Coast. So I said, you know what? For your birthday, for his 35th birthday, this will air after his birthday. So I'm not spoil anything. I bought $85 <laughs> worth of ice cream from Salt and Straw. But the sale pitch was, but it's free shipping. Yes. So, <laughs> so that boy's going to have five pints of, of blue cheese and pear to last him as long as it will last, which probably won't be long. A week. You're going to have to give him, see if he'll, you can talk him into trying the guava and cream cheese donut ice cream. Yeah, that one was really good down in Miami. Like, yeah. That was the vibe. That was the swap out. I was like, if they're not going to have blue, pear and blue cheese, maybe the guava and but, cheese but hey, you can order it. If you mm -hmm. really want it, yeah. you could have yeah. it. So it was funny. I went up to Thomas today. I was like, I just bought five pints of <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> it just lands on your door, right? Yeah. That's what's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching it being shipped as we <laughs> speak. So. <laughs> With bated breath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again so much, Tyler. We really appreciate thank your you. time. Thank it was you. great talking to you. I love you guys. Have Thanks a great so much. one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Tyler Malik from Salt and Straw. You can learn more about the business online at saltandstraw.com, or you can search Salt and Straw on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online, search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram, or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter, just search at Candace News 6. And on Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, as well as our post-production audio engineer, Chris Flora, and our director, Rich Burns. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or you can tell a friend about us. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash floridafoodie. And be sure to sign up for the Florida Foodie newsletter while you're there. Florida, home to the nation's most memorable news stories. My name is Katrina Scales. I was born and raised in the Sunshine State, and it is my pleasure to introduce your Florida Daily. Every weekday morning at 7, my fellow news producers and I will bring you a selection of the day's top headlines, along with a nugget of Florida knowledge you may have never heard before. So whether you live here, are from here, or just want to know what's going on in this hot state, add this podcast to your library and hit play. Mm -hmm.